World Wide Web has long been host to copied and pasted stories of an apocryphal nature. These stories came to be known as Copyvasta, and then the creepy variant emerged. Welcome to Creepy Podsta, the Creepy Pasta Podcast. Jeff, welcome to Creepy Podsta. Uh, no, you beat me to the punch. I'm Jeff. Hello, welcome to the show. I'll probably leave that in there where you did that. Uh, I was just no. pausing. No, that's good. That's the start of the episode now. <laughs> I was only pausing to uh, leave enough time f- to have the noise reduction noise sample at the beginning of just some nice room noise. Oh, I feel a burp coming on. Welcome to the back to the show, Heather Gordon. Heather, talk for a little bit so I can quietly burp. Please, thank you. No, loud and proud, brother. Loud and proud. That was um, enough talking for me hello. to quiet. Quietly burp. <laughs> I heard you. Ah, uh, damn, damn. So we're talking about a story from No Sleep called Graphic Design, and it is it was on the No Sleep podcast, but it was a paid episode, so I had to read it with my own human eyes like a peasant. Uh, it's interesting. The story is by Max Every and was posted July 7th, 2017, and appeared on the No Sleep podcast, but only has 139 upvotes, which is not very many, despite it being yeah. yeah, it's a popular story. So, Heather, why don't you start out telling us what is in this story, and then I will probably interrupt you several times. Wonderful. All right, so graphic design... First, I have to say, the first sentence has errors in it, and that really put me off from the story. I try to suspend my disbelief and just read it for what it is, but it's very difficult when the first sentence is, at my firm, we design, we identity, we brand, we logo, we web. Just, ugh. That's not a mistake, though. That is a choice. I can see why you think it's a bad choice. Yes, because it is later repeated as a, a section heading. They're using these verbs as nouns. Brand and logo okay. are also used in the same way here. It's the strangest with identity because yeah, brand. logo and brand seem like things that you could use as verbs. Identity doesn't really. But then it's reaffirmed that it's on purpose because they say we web. And that is not a thing that <laughs> yeah, people that's say. Yeah, I was thinking like web. Webbing? Web. So, anyways. It's a very douchey graphic designer main character. Yes. So, and the way it's set up, I can honestly believe that the author has done some computer work at least because it's almost. I don't know, the way it's written, it has sections, like identity, brand, uh, anyways. Yeah, the sections don't really work that well, but, you know. Yeah, I'm just going to kind of summarize each section. So, basically what he's doing in the first sentence is he's setting up the outline for the story. So there's an an outline, or I'm sorry, a section on the identity, the brand, the logo, and then the web. And maybe the web is a metaphor for the tangle, the webs we weave. I don't know, but identity (laughs) is, he is a low-level art director at a boutique New York design firm. So yeah, he's a douchebag. He's a dick. I can cuss. Um, we have 
Okay, Brand, we have a very strong founder culture, meaning we revere our founder and his famous quotes. Uh, okay. Um, basically, he stays in his office very late until 2 or 3 a.m. Working, his coworkers make jokes that he sleeps under his desk. <laughs> I um, hate when people do this. I sleeping under their desk w- or making fun of people for sleeping. When under people their desk. stay late at the office, it's like you're you're being exploited. And I get it that you got to do what you got to do, but what you're doing is you are making it hard for literally everyone else in the world to stand up and say no employment place of employment you cannot mistreat <laughs> me because you are willfully being mistreated. It's not just like this person is saying, "Ah, sometimes I have to stay late and I hate it because I have to make rent. They're saying, I totally bought into our company being great, and so I would stay there all the time, and I think that it's great. I want my work to be great. It's like, no, you don't have to, like, you're, you're, you're designing logos for a company, and the person who owns the company, the big quotes, founder culture, is meant so that you don't think about the fact that that person is taking the money that you're earning and putting it in their bank account and paying Paying you less money than what you are earning. That is the whole point of founder culture. Like this, it's, and they revere their founder. It's so annoying. It's that Jeff Bezos thing. It's to less of a degree in this fictional situation here. Like, but it's still pretty bad. I mean, he's not talking about how he is peeing in bottles to avoid losing pay for his work breaks, but also he is saying that sometimes he stays at the office and doesn't shower uh, and uses. He gives himself a whore's shower. Yes, I hate that. I hate that phrase. I'd never heard it before, and I hate it so much. Uh, (laughs) It's the worst. Anyway, go on. Yeah, it's odd that our the stories that we read were all oddly. Mm, okay, any no. Anyways, no. Um, what were you gonna say? What were that, they all oddly? Mm, I was just gonna go back to the weird. Like, I don't even want to say sexual references. A horse shower isn't a sexual reference, but I just feel like they're kind of vulgar. I don't know. Creepy pastas are inherently poorly written and yeah, maybe a tad like racist or sexist or inappropriate at times. But these ones specifically were kind of vulgar. Mm. Yeah. They- they, they were Anyways. sort of that that like weird edgy vulgar like haha yeah. I'm just saying it to shock you type of thing yes. which I, I I in general don't like because you are writing horror you shouldn't just throw in extra like little edgy language to sort of be like ah, I'm an edgy guy no you're writing horror you should be shocking us with the things that you're writing in the story and the expectations and behavior mm-hmm. of your character character should come up against horror stuff. It shouldn't be that the and oh boy we're gonna get into some stuff with this story in this regard later it shouldn't be that your character yeah your your character should be afraid one and their attitude should be at odds with what's happening it shouldn't be like what's happening to them is just another cool thing that they can you know go with the flow on like i'm the cool edgy guy so when uh when cool edgy stuff happens to me it's not a big deal and that was a way bigger deal in whispers where the main character 
so not the narrator, but the main character, Sugarcane, was just like, you know, I'm not, I'm not like other girls, so I could go into the ghost house, and it's not a big deal. But then it is a big deal. So and I'm with not this like story, all the other girls who aren't like all the other girls. <laughs> yeah, it's well, this in this story, it never feels like a big deal for the main character. He's still at the end, like, I'm, and you know, they're not going to get me. He's never, he never seems like truly afraid commensurate with how scary the situation is. Anyway, uh, let's get into some of that situation. Uh, okay, so he... <sighs> It had a lot of, I don't want to call it name dropping, but I just, I feel like the author Googled everything there was about microbreweries and beer companies. My best friend is a beer supply salesperson, a beer distributor. And I just feel like if I were to write the story, I would ask her, tell me everything that you know so I can make this story credible. And I mean, that's fine. It was well written, but it was just a lot of nonsense about beer companies, um, stoppers on the top, different logos, what most logos are. They say that most German beers that I've come across in my alcoholic connoisseurship just depict a happy monk or a barmaid or a goat. Like, really? Like, what? Two most German so. beers have a milkmaid, a monk, or ah, uh, but he's the connoisseur. And so anyways, um, it gives us a lot of background into this, but what his assignment is, is there is a, a beer company, and I feel so bad I'm trying to go through the story and find the name of it. What was the name of it? Or do, do we ever find out? Is It's so mysterious. We know nothing the, about this company. The brewery is Kainazugen. I don't think we know anything about the graphic design firm and we don't okay, know anything so just... we don't really know about the like american company that has hired the design firm so there's like three companies involved we don't know the names of two of them which just isn't necessary i understand they're trying to put the veil of hmm, they're they're trying to relate that we have no idea who these people are and they're trying to make it as mysterious as possible but also plausible like this could happen in modern day because it's not like if you worked at a boutique graphic design firm you ever would have an assignment from an anonymous source i mean someone has to hire you so i get that they were trying to make it believably anonymous but it just wasn't necessary like anyways it's it's an anonymous person i'm not going to infer any further on what the author meant because it's not my place i'm not them um they the company sends a six pack of their beer and a little manila folder saying make us a new logo. That's all we need. Um, he yeah, they're gonna they're gonna be releasing this beer in America for the first time, so they want an American logo. Oh yes, thank you. Yeah, so um, he needs to redo their pre-existing logo. Thank you. He goes to look at their existing logo. It's it's pretty bland. It does not have a monk or a barmaid or goat on it. It is a castle with a giant eye looking out from the inside, and this is very important to the story. I didn't really have a good mental image the first time I read it. Once I got to the end, they were referencing it. I was like, oh, I understand. But it it's like a, a big person looking through a dollhouse window, yeah. right? Yeah, okay. So that, um, but he says the eye kind of looks like the eye of Providence that's 
on the dollar bills, um, but somehow eerier and more hackle raising. What yeah, is it's hackle raising. Yeah, uh, your hackle. What is your hackles? To to have your hackles raised is a, a phrase that is common. Uh, it's it's the the hairs on the the like when a cat or a dog gets scared. It's the the hairs on their back that that get raised when they are upset. Uh, but why can't they just say their hair was standing up? Oh, he's yeah. a douchey graphic designer. Yeah, he's sort of doing a spin on a on a popular idiom. It, it's yeah, okay. it's kind of douchey. It also touches on that favorite creepypasta trope of ours of a, a hyper realistic eye that's just more yes. real than <laughs> is possible. It's too real. I love when people say that things in stories look too real. Like, yeah. What? Eyes, so it looks real. How could eyes it look that are too, too real? real. No, it looks too real. Eyes that Your are too real too is such real. an annoyingly uh, annoying creepypasta thing. The only time it was effective was in Doki Doki Literature Club, uh, because instead of being told that the eyes are too real, we're just shown it, and that's pretty mm-hmm. good. Yeah. So in the the dossier that he gets from the company, like I said, there's not much there, but there is an American or no, there's a business card for an American liaison, one of the one of the companies that is a middleman in this um, Frederick Rice transaction. Yes, Frederick Rice. Um, it's just a blank company stationary pad with an address on it. So now we're getting to the web section of that. Uh, he obviously is going to look up this company. Go to the website, nothing there. But then this is where it gets a uh, cicada on us. So he, mm-hmm. uh, is, this is cicada. Like, do you know? I don't know I what mean, you do mean. You agree? Uh, cicada is a real life. Mm, I, uh, I don't cut this part. I don't want to go on a rant about what it is. But if you know what cicada is, it's oh, it's that weird ARG, right? But what is the ARG, right? Is that what? It yeah, mean, that's that's what I said. It's that weird. ARG, right? Cicada three three oh one. Yes. Okay. Thank you. I was trying to figure out. Yeah. Okay. So he opens up the image or he opens up the website under construction. He sees on the beer label. If you look at the eye very closely, there are Roman numerals that are inverted and very, very tiny. I can't tell if they're actually etched into the label or if it's in the image, but it's 88 and 19. Um, so he had inverted, he, he laid down, flipped it and reversed it. Basically he took the oh, image. Come on. <laughs> and he took the image, inverted it, reversed it. Uh, so he goes to the URL. First yeah, he wants to really type 1988. <laughs> doesn't work. Then he types in 8891. Doesn't work, but then flips it He's again. He's like, oh, I flipped it over. Six yeah. one. Mm-hmm. And he goes to this URL yeah, and, and so it's a spooky it live stream of a girl laying on a bed and some guy looking through a hole in the wall and the girl Mm -hmm. says stuff in a monotone voice and then he hears that stuff being screamed through the wall from the next room by someone else as if she is predicting the future and it's very, very obvious that that's what's happening to you, the reader. 
And it does say that um, she, her, she herself was not screaming the words. She was reading them just like they were off a teleprompter. And then the person in the next room was yeah. screaming them. And I thought that was so spooky. I really liked that. Not the spookiest part. Don't worry. No spoilers. But uh, I liked that. I liked the imagery. It was typed in all caps, um, which was, it made it seem more stoic, more monotonous. Yeah. Um, anyways. Yeah. So she's, she's not in crazy um, visible danger. She's not screaming, help me, help me. And the guy in the room is watching the person in the other room. He's not really paying attention to her. Like you said, it's, it's clear she's more so predicting the future. Um, but then she looks right at the camera. Oh, so the, the, uh, the narrator is very creeped out. He says it gives him serious dark web vibes, which, Come I mean, on. haven't we all? God, yeah. Um, I feel like it's also a creepy podsta or a creepy pasta trope to enter the dark web or allude to yeah. it at some point. Um, I think, I think unfriended yeah. dark web has hit theaters, yep. maybe come and gone <laughs> by now and is already on Blu-ray for you to go rent. Uh, so yeah, that it's, th- I'm the sure dar- it's gone by now. The dark web is the new horror thing and uh, new ish, but I'll probably go see unfriended dark web, even though I didn't see unfriended because instead of being about a haunted Skype call, it's about a hacked Skype call, which, you know, not as fun, but still pretty <laughs> spooky. Um, he, oh yeah, so he's watching the the feed. He realizes with the audio, it's a live feed. Um, getting those dark web vibes. The girl looks right into the monitor and says, good night. So then, this is really cool. I liked this part. I liked yep. how it was written. I liked it. I'm happy it exists. So she says good night to the monitor. He, you know, jumps out. Oh, I need to leave. It's three in the morning. As he's leaving, good night to the doorman. It's like, oh my gosh, she says well, the- stuff. The guy the, the next doorman says it. good night. He doesn't say it. Yeah, but well, yeah, but still, it's, it's kind of that's, like um, that's better to me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, what no, I don't like I'm is sorry if I told it poorly. Yeah. No, it's there's later he encounters this girl again and hears her say stuff and then he says it. That I don't like as much because it's like you could have just not said that stuff. Yeah, um, but, but he has he has no control over the doorman. She predicted to. him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. He the doorman just was compelled to say goodnight. Um, so he goes home, sleeps at home, comes back to work. Uh, I do think that there is a good level of believability here because he works in New York. The cost of living's high. Um, graphic design jobs. The the outlook for those. I mean, it's a pretty saturated market. I feel. Um, he doesn't want to immediately immediately come at these people who are trying to get him to redo his logo just because he saw this creepy website. And I get that. I mean, it would be different if he went to the company's actual website and that was their page. But he did a lot of weird URL stuff. Um, and so yeah, he's kind of hesitant of what to say. I mean, how do you say that? Uh, hey, boss, those people that hired us, I found a weird live feed and they weren't hurting anybody, but it really yeah. freaked me out. Eh, yeah, so Ger- he, The German he company sent me a German snuff film like that's gonna be a little that's not gonna go over well with your bosses snuff I mean nothing nothing bad happened yeah he only heard some video besides the girl saying good night no but not in the Mm. first one in the first one it was just the woman no the first one has the oh no and all that but you don't see it right yeah hear it he hears um, the male voice declaring help me get off no 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 and then it 
like cuts off. Be a prank. Uh, well, yeah, I guess. But anyway, he doesn't. He doesn't want to call this company out, so he finds the Frederick Rice's card, the contact, and calls the number. And there's nothing. He leaves a video. Then he comes up with some alternate label designs. One of them is a winking barmaid, and he realizes halfway through that it looks like the girl. He uh, then gets an envelope that says from Fred Rice on it, and it has an invite to a party sponsored by the company he's making the logo for, so he goes. And it's a big, empty warehouse, and he goes in, and there's Christmas decor everywhere. There's, like, a secret (laughs) bar. Spooky. he hands the invite to someone. She said, he asks if Fred Rice is there. The the lady at the door says that there's no one registered by that name, but he should ask around. People don't, uh, he, I was going to say, it seems like no one speaks English here, but that's not true. He doesn't talk to anybody except this older guy in a black suit with white hair who speaks German. And they have a pint together, and then suddenly the main character wakes up outside <laughs> Which it didn't seem I it didn't seem like he had drank so much that he passed out. He he says they have a pint of beer, but the way the story transitions is in the blink of an eye he's in the woods. Yeah, it's uh, just like he d- okay. we don't even see we don't even see him take a sip. It's just as yeah. as we clinked glasses, cut to the woods. The next thing I knew for certain was that I wasn't at the secret bar anymore. What I took from that was I he got like drunk. Yeah, um, I just I wish it was we we know that but i wish it was told more interesting and then i guess than just the main character that. does yeah the main character does the annoying uh sarcastic creepypasta narrator thing of talking about his horrible situation in a really flippant way uh, so that it undercuts any potential horror that could have been there uh, he says his wallet was miss was his wallet was there but his iphone was missing and he says why would someone leave me in the middle of nowhere with my wallet, cash, credit cards, and kidneys intact, but notably phoneless. Like, that's not funny. And then right, the and next- then he says, oh, I, I didn't get raped either. Yeah, but in the most horrible way possible, he says, and listen, audience- I'm quoting the story here, so please forgive how annoying this is. He says, Had I been drugged, did someone use my body to see if necrophilia was for them? I made him, and like, that already, I'm like, excuse me? Then the next sentence. I made a mental note to get my junk looked at by a professional, although I didn't feel any unusual soreness in my tender areas. He just is like, I'm going to treat this uh, serious worry completely flippantly, and then I'm going to do it two more times in the next sentence. Like, come on. Just express, like, that feels to me like the author not wanting to approach something that they're uncomfortable with, which is, I think, cowardly in a story. If your character has a worry, you should be expressing that as if they're worried. You shouldn't be expressing it with them being like, oh, ha ha ha, I was maybe sexually assaulted while I was asleep. That's not a funny thing to happen to someone. It's horrible. And if you're going there to using that as a potential point of horror in your story, you need to have the main character be treating it like a serious thing that they're actually worrying might have happened to them. You can't do it as a joke. Either don't touch it at all, 
or have the main character be like, I'm, wor- I'm worried about that this might have happened to me. You can't have this middle ground of having them make, like, literally three jokes in two sentences about it. That's madness. Anyway, that, that ends my rant about that section that I promised last week. <laughs> well, I'm happy you saved it because it fits much better with this story than it did with last week's story. Because, yeah, the, the caring is blatantly less so in this story. But he was not sexually assaulted. He was not uh, raided for organs. He was just left in the woods with no phone. Um, so he... How does he get back? Does he just... Oh, he walks to the hotel, right? Yeah, this is the part where he walks to the hotel and he tries to go in the front door, but the doors are locked. So he knocks on the window and they say it's a private conference. So he says, but a can I just use conference. your... Yeah, he says, I'm, I'm lost. Can I just use your phone? And so he calls a car to pick him up. He says, I phoned for a car service. Okay. Uh, and everyone is acting really weird in the, the comfort suites. He names the brand of hotel. Uh <laughs> It's, uh, so when he's leaving, he says everyone is like staring at him and being quiet. And he says that he hears a guy say, Auf Wiedersehen, uh, which is, you know, German for see you later. Uh, and that someone says this and then everyone laughs. And then he urges the driver to go. Uh, he spent, he says here that he's about a two hour drive upstate. He pays the car service $120 to drive an hour south to a train and then takes another two hours on the train to get back. What? Huh? Yeah. Excuse me? I don't <laughs> think I that he was travel time makes sense. To, like he thought he was being followed, so he was taking a very strange route home. But then I realized his route home was just very strange. He wasn't yeah. trying to shake anybody. Uh, it, I mean, like, what is a two-hour drive from New York City, I wonder? And, like, would a cab you, drive... Right? No, I'm about oh, half an hour from New York City. I was going to say, how public is your uh, <laughs> location? I mean, if I was two hours from New York City, that would be an even broader range. Actually, uh, maybe by the time you're hearing this, I live in New York City. Probably <laughs> not. It could be. But uh, it's like a, even half an hour is literally within half an hour of New York City, even excluding the city. That's millions of people. So you, good luck finding me, I guess. Uh, I mean, I'm sure I've said my hometown or closer on this podcast before. Um, I know you're a child. Anyway, if anybody wants to pay me... Oh, um, yeah, that's right. Will, you know exactly where I live. I can uh, give that information out for a very hefty sum. Please do not. <laughs> so, what bothered me about this is I don't specifically know how these quote-unquote, commuter trains worked. So in the business center, he learns it was 2.45. I can't imagine it took the car service more than half an hour to get there. So let's say by 3.30, he's on the road. And by 4.30, he gets to a commuter train. I could see it maybe taking another two hours and change to get back if he then has to wait like an hour for the first train. Uh, I know the NJ Transit trains stop around 
11 p.m. going out of New York City and don't start again until 5 a.m. I know because I've <laughs> missed the last train out <laughs> several times. Actually, I, I think it might be like 1 a.m., but like because I have to transfer, I have to leave earlier. Anyway, regardless, I've missed that train a couple times and that sucks. So I don't know what is happening with this guy's train. I don't know if 120 bucks is actually reasonable for an hour-long cab ride, probably. Anyway, uh, then he gets to the office again at 9 a.m. sharp after... What's our best estimate here? That he gets on the train at 4.30, and let's say two and a half hours, and two hours and change is two and a half hours. Let's just say that. So five, six, seven. So seven... From 7 to 9, what does he... Does he go to sleep, or does he just... It says he arrived back at the office at 9 a.m., cleaned himself up in the bathroom, changed clothes. I don't understand the timeline here. Did he just not sleep? Heather, you must have an answer for me. You must know. I... Maybe he... You know, in the Paranormal Activity movie, when... Is her name Which one? Katie? There's six of those. The first one? Oh. Okay. Um, obviously, four. <laughs> the good one. minutes in. Second scene. <laughs> no, the first one, Katie. That's her name, correct? Yeah. I'll be embarrassed mm-hmm. if it's not. Okay. So, when she's No, that's Katie. Katie and Micah the is the bed. first one. I love that name, Micah. Um, when she's standing next to the bed and it does the time lapse thing, maybe um, in a more realistic sense when that's portrayed in dramas when someone is so hurt or shaken that they just kind of sit there and stare at the wall as the clock Oh, and we by. see the, the, the fast motion of all yeah, the people yeah. behind them while they're at the bar. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly. Or while they're walking that's along I, the street or something. That's usually when I'm reading um, a darker story and there are weird time gaps I just kind of suspend my disbelief and think, you know, I mean, when you get off work, sometimes you just sit there. So maybe they uh, were wrapped in their own thoughts. That was my assumption. Yeah, it's really weird. Anyway, uh, he gets to his work and his phone is on his desk. He has four messages and nine missed calls from an unknown number. And he listens to the messages. Um... And they're from Special Agent Fred Rice of the Federal Bureau of Investigation, which didn't come until the fourth message. So he calls the number he was given, and he answers from the first ring, and Fred Rice sounds scared, and he's like, I've been investigating this company, uh, and I sent it to an analyst, to an independent analyst, <laughs> to uncover, uncover whatever my partner uncovered when he went missing. And it, this, I don't think, is how the FBI works at all. No, and they uh, would. Why would you be scared? Um, I I understand that humans do fear, but if you're an FBI agent, even if you are being tracked, that's your job. You are prepared for this. Why would you? That's why you have partners. Designer, yeah, a graphic designer in New York, scared, saying you can't help him, but will you help me? Like uh, I don't yeah, know. It's yeah, really it's not stupid. how the FBI works. Uh, so the I forgot to mention this company, Kinezig, and I don't speak German is in an area of Germany that the author calls North Rhine-Westphalia, which I imagine is a real place. 
and it seems very specific, but he's like, I don't want to tell you exactly where in North Rhine-Westphalia. Seems like you already kind of did, but I also don't know <laughs> German geography, so maybe that is a very broad region. Apparently in this area, there's been a bunch of disappearances of young women, so he starts looking into it more. Uh, and some conspiracy sites say that all the missing girls were blonde and young and said they had psychic powers. Which, alright, author, a little on the nose, but whatever. He goes and uh, goes back to the website again and watches the girl. She speaks a couple different languages. German, Chinese, Russian. A man, it's, there's a man in the room and an older woman. It's stupid. Uh, then the girl says, who's there? And our narrator hears a noise. He says, who's there? Ooh. Then he falls asleep in the office, which, what are you doing. You know that they can get into the office. Why are you still sleeping there? They put there? your phone on the table, yes. <laughs> yeah, like, go to your home, lock the door, call the police. Call the police! Doing? At this point, call the police. <laughs> call the police and be like, I was drugged at a place, and he's like, no, I care about my job too much to do that. What are you doing? What are you talking about? What are you saying? I hate this main character so much. Anyway, main character falls asleep, and of course, Wakes up in the woods. This time it's daylight with that hangover feeling again. Phone is there. I like almost that no daylight. battery. Says roaming. But that the clock said. So it was, I knew. Yeah. 4:15 a.m. As I knew, as soon as it says he woke up in daylight, I'm like, they took him to Germany. Like I knew that right away. Did you also figure out where when the main character that the main character was in Germany before the main character did? Because I for sure did. Uh, see, I I never get the twists as much as I pride myself in um, my <laughs> prowess of horror movies and things like that. I when I saw the village got me when I saw the visit got me when I saw or when I read this creepy pasta it got me oh, I, the visit's I saw bad. there was a twist coming I figured but uh, yeah I don't know even when when I saw the the time hop thing where it said it was his phone was one time but it was daylight my immediate thought was like Blair Witch it's it's light outside but it's really actually 4 a.m. I thought that it was more super supernatural um i'm blinded by these things and yeah then i read the end i see the twist and i feel like an idiot like oh here i was thinking that the entire world was encompassed in like this supernatural haze that was affecting um time zones affecting the sun no it it just he was in germany like they clearly clearly go towards but mm, anyways so no i didn't see the twist coming but that's fine oh well uh yeah it's it's it was obvious to me, but then I'm glad that it worked for you, because that means it wasn't a total failure. There is a misspelling here. <laughs> I'm just an uh, idiot. The word squawk. word squawk is misspelled very badly. S-Q-W-A-U-K. Uh, anyway, there's... Uh, oh, that's right. They were sent another site or something that showed, like, a guy dead in a place. And then he goes, and there's a shack near where he woke up, and he goes in, and the dead guy is there. And it's Fred Rice's partner he finds from the ID badge. And then he opens up the guy's coat, and there's a bunch of 
gore description, which is really out of place in the story, as if he'd been attacked by an animal, but with focus and precision. That is another popular creepypasta trait of, like, it's like this thing you're familiar with, but in a way that that thing isn't like. What are you saying? What it's So it's not like he's been attacked by an animal? <laughs> because when you say it's as if he's been attacked by an animal, what I'm thinking is it's not focused or precise. It's just kind of wild, random attacking. But you're saying it's as if he was attacked by an animal, but with focus and precision. Oh, so you're saying it's like he was attacked by a person and not an animal. Yeah, that just had animal-like traits, like bladed fingers. Like they had a a big hammer or something. Yeah. Yeah, you're just saying he was torn up. Just say he was torn up. I get it. Uh, So then he gets out of the shack and runs, and he runs until he falls over. He finally hears cars, and he gets to the road, and after 20 minutes, 15 or 20 minutes, a car comes by, 10 more minutes, and a Mercedes pulls up. And uh, then he figures out he's in Germany because the car's license plate looks odd. He says the license plate has an umlaut in it. Do German license plate actually uh, include umlauted letters? That seems weird. Um, So he gets in the car, and of course, the older guy who drugged him before is driving, but he doesn't seem to notice right away. Uh, They pass a sign that says, Anlieger Frey, which I uh, read the translation on Google, means something akin to residence only. I don't know what that means. Um, then he calls the guy out. He's like, I know you. And the guy tossles his hair and then grabs him. They drive to a house. They make him go in like this old hotel. And then he goes to the computer room of the hotel. And he, you, it's okay. This part bothered me. This is where it gets convoluted. Yes, that's true too. But it says, a little business center with a five or six year old PC. That's not that old. I thought from the description of everything else that he was trying to be like, this business center had a really old computer in it. Five or six years old is like... 2013 or 2012? It's not that old. Uh, well, this you could have a said like a graphic designer. So yeah, I guess you could have said like a 10 or 15 year old computer. Then I would have been like, "Whoa, that's an old computer." Uh, but I don't know. Maybe he didn't care. It's still just like a weird little detail to be, especially that precise about it. We usually in English guess uh, estimate in like divisions of five for years, but like five or six years old seems really specific um anyway different german keyboard uh, a bunch of urls are blocked he picks up the phone but it's covered in blood of course and he sees the painting of the kinezeugen logo on the wall but the eye has an actual person's eye and someone's watching then he hears the psychic girl's voice say i can hear you i can see you then he repeats it he yells that at the eye and he then stabs the eye into the peephole and there's blood and screaming Uh, it's really complicated nobody's going in it's I don't really get what was going on here, even though the author basically explains what's going on. It doesn't really explain why this person is trapped here, though. But... I didn't understand that. Yeah, the main character basically explains, like, they must be using this girl like uh, a data computer. Uh, Yeah. It's not that... Um, 
He just dis- oh he discovers that at? there's a TV above her. They're making yeah. her watch a t- watch a bunch of TV and predict the future that way. But she only seems to be able to predict people who- the things that people who are within her immediate vicinity or looking at her will say in the next thirty seconds. So I don't know how useful her psychic abilities are. Well, maybe it's an experiment because, I mean, she's obviously in a controlled environment, um, tied down, strapped down, um, and being monitored. So maybe, maybe the parameters of what she's doing are indicative of the experiment that they're, uh, but that's not. Yeah, it's really complicated. (laughs) Apparently, Reddit is not blocked on this computer, uh, because this is where he's posting the post from, and it ends with him saying that he can hear the people finally starting to try to break down the door and then he hears the girl say stop it let me go don't do this don't do this please don't eat me and the story ends with the german phrase es gab keine zugen which translates to there were no witnesses we knew keine zugen meant no witnesses from before but mm. you know full circle already figured yeah, we figured that would be spooky already. I, uh, so when, at the end, when he hears the girl say, stop, please stop, don't eat me. That's obviously what he's about to say. So they eat the people? Is that? Yeah, like, what is this? What is this? What's happening? What, what, Why? what is the, like, what is the focus of the story? Um, at first, I thought the focus was him being stalked from afar by these people on the internet. I thought it was going to be, I mean, it's called graphic design. So I thought it was going to be like a dark web story, more of a cat and mouse. Yeah. But then they, yeah, the, well, what I thought, was a time hop what I thought was supernatural <laughs> turns out he just was in a different country and everybody could see it coming but then that became the focus and it happened again where he repeatedly would wake up in a different place so it started to go that route but then at the end he's at a business center with cannibalistic Germans and a psychic girl who's there of her own volition um <laughs> why did they reach out to him in the first place they wanted him to make them a logo yeah, well, it's Fred Rice reached out to him to investigate the logo. Okay, That's yeah. what that was. That's why he got involved. And it, it's still very stupid. I don't know. This story doesn't really hang it's together hard for to me. I didn't retain it. Yeah. I didn't like the main character. I, the events didn't really make sense. The, the overall structure was kind of weak. People in the comments seemed to really like it. And the No Sleep podcast liked it enough to put it in behind, like behind their paywall. Which I don't like. Really? I, I don't. How long get of a read that. was it? Do you know? Or an episode? I, I, I mean, I don't know. It was in season nine, and it's like it's the first of the two stories that are only in the paid episode. Uh, they they sometimes wow. do long stories and sometimes do shorter ones that are only like 10, 15 minutes. Hmm, okay, I just I it's, don't see how yeah. you could talk about. I don't know. We're clocking in at forty six minutes right now, so I guess you can talk about it. For that long, but we're sidetracking for a lot of it. I don't. We're talking about it. They just read the stories. <laughs> yeah. It's, I don't, uh, yeah, I don't like this one. Did you like it? I did not. I really wanted to, though. Um, not even because of the technological premise. I was, I was immediately disinterested because of that. I like more of the period yeah. pieces or more of the, um, like the late 90s, early 2000s type of creepypastas myself. Uh, so when I saw graphic design, I was like, eh, I'm going to have Jeff talk about this one. But <laughs> it, it, 
it started to kind of get my interest with the the psychic girl just because you know she she told you what you were about to say so the it had potential like the line at the end the stop please yeah. don't eat me that was really great but it was too late in the story uh, it was wrapped in so, so much other weird BS that didn't well, the need descriptions. to be there we got two paragraphs on beer supply companies and distribution and then we talked about the business center and the computers that were in the business center and the decorations in the bar and that's great uh, in most stories but just unnecessary in this one I feel like it confused me I I genuinely felt confused and I obviously had no idea how it really went so yeah it's so hmm. I think that so dead arm was a good idea that I thought was mostly executed poorly except for one thing at the end and whispers I thought was sort of a decent execution of you know kind of a standard idea this is a bad execution of a bunch of half-formed bad ideas (laughs) and it's not even bad enough to be like entertaining it's just you know eh, it's nothing i feel very little about this story uh, aside from the part that i hated in the middle but it's just sort it just sort of doesn't check any of the boxes it's just there and it's not weird enough for me to be interested in it and it's not normal enough for it to be like a well executed normal story it's like just weird enough where it doesn't seem like on purpose how weird it is but it's not weird enough yeah it's it's not weird enough for me to be like oh this is cool subversive art it's just like oh you kind of didn't think about any of this yeah yeah it didn't seem it didn't seem thought out it didn't seem well mapped or outlined and i lost myself along the way what's the spookiest part of it for you though i i really liked the last line not what it was saying. I mean, cannibals don't really... I mean, being eaten alive, that is a terrifying idea, but eh. Anyways, it's not the cannibalistic That's interesting to me. what was being said, um, but I loved, I loved as the story was being told, there would be lines said by the girl, and then afterwards, different people would say the different lines, and I really liked that they chose to end the story with a line that tells you exactly what's about to happen without telling you it as it's happening. I like that that was spooky um the uninevitable or i'm sorry the inevitable the inevitable (laughs) is so frightening just like um internal bleeding you can't you can't stop it you have to go somewhere and have someone help you stop it and so hearing what is about to happen to you from a psychic that has been proven to be accurate spooky Uh, so the spookiest part of this for me is when he clicks on the link and first sees the girl and he doesn't really know what's happening and as soon as we start to learn more about what's happening, it becomes uninteresting to me. Similar to the movie Oculus, where my favorite part is when we know, uh, all right, Karen Gillan and her brother had a ghost incident when they were kids. It involved this spooky mirror. So they've set up this situation to prove that they aren't crazy and they actually saw ghosts when they were kids. And I'm like, all right, that's cool. It's a good premise for a movie. Then the rest of the movie kind of disappoints me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this story does that. It's like, ooh, this guy clicked a link and he sees this live feed to a a spooky like torture room cool what happens next and what happens next is a bunch of boring garbage that i don't care about so that's the whole thing uh what uh what do you want to do in place of your plugs this 
this time. Did you think of any more swears in the last week since the since we last recorded? Shit. It's a, you said that one a bunch. I, I was already, about though. to say that's a, a crowd favorite, I can tell. Crowd pleaser. Yeah. Um, no, I I am on the Creepypasta fan group, and it's great. All of the all the good stuff's there, so you guys should go there and maybe find me there. For me, uh, you can find me on Twitter, J3FK, Snapchat, and Instagram, JeffJK, Creepypasta fan group on Facebook, Patreon.com slash JeffJK, WeaponizedLanguage.com for more episodes of this show and some episodes of Seeing Reddit if that show is still happening when you're listening to this. It probably still is. I can't imagine I would have quit, but you know, maybe. You can listen to the old ones if I did. You can also listen to Someone's PC, a Pokemon podcast. I made 151 episodes of that show. We reviewed the first 151 Pokemon in the National Pokedex. No, we're never going to make a season two. Anyway, that's all we have to say about this story. Eskabkaina Zugan. Boy, I hope I pronounced that right.